It's Christmas time in the city, Johnny. Oh, <laughs> talk the about the most that. wonderful time of the year. What is your favorite Christmas song? I don't love them. Really? I was thinking the other day, though, about, like, there's such interesting theology in some of the classics that is really deep, and I think about it more than I'm older. Uh, the line from, uh, this is, we're getting serious right away, but. Oh, wow. I wasn't. I was... The line from uh, Oh Holy Night. Oh, yeah. Where it says, uh, long lay the world. Wait, no. In sin and error pining mm-hmm. until he appeared and a soul felt its worth. That's amazing. Like, yeah. that's like. Oh, that's, that's like that's like the entire gospel in two lines, right? Yeah, we're trying to fill ourselves up with sin and error, and then when he came, we began. We really felt our true worth. Like that's like that's the gospel. So I don't know. I like that. And one. And there's verses in that one we don't often sing, but truly he taught us to love one another. Uh, his law is love, and his gospel is peace. Uh, change shall he bring for the slave is our brother. Oh and, wow! And in his name all oppression shall cease. We should do that here at the church and we sing did. that verse, and they'd be like, "I knew they were, I knew they were going lefty loosey <laughs> up in this church." I'll always so say, like, it. "Oh, actually, that's a verse that's been in there forever." Yeah, I always sing that verse. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I never knew that verse. Really? Oh, it's the best. Yeah, it's, it's I and mean, again, it's like the gospel leading you to something, which is what yeah. it's supposed to do. Yeah, it's very plus it's got that high note, night divine. You got to really like go for it, right? I mean, you can't just. Did you get Tori Kelly Christmas album? I'd have not heard it. Oh my gosh! I don't. Here's the thing about Christmas albums: like, it's all the same songs. It's just a matter of like who you like what flavor of that you know there's not a lot of like new christmas music no, we've talked has... about this before about how like mariah carey oh, she wrote a classic she found a way to like wedge herself into the classics did you see her christmas special on uh was it netflix or i forget which one no was. i didn't see it yeah we watched it was she lucid she's a little off these days she the last few years like the whole there was that new year's per- or the christmas parade performance where she was kind of like screaming at her background singers because her monitor mix was off or something there was yeah. like, there was something wrong there yeah, well, I mean, again, before that, go download Tori Kelly. Okay, Christmas. I'll check it out. She has two or three originals on there. Who's really your good. favorite? Do you have like a silly favorite? I like, uh, you know, I like Holly Jolly Christmas, Burl Ives. It's just very, I like his fan. voice. Not a, not a, There's I can like, tell you what I, I don't, don't like. Look, I don't know if there will be snow, but have a cup of cheer, which is booze, right? We can all admit. Sure. He's offering, per, to children probably, booze. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know if there'll be snow, young man, but have a cup of cheer. You won't care after a few of these. <laughs> Maybe it is snowing. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I can tell you what I don't like. Oh boy, I don't like. Okay, I'm going to take such heat for this. Mm. I'm not a fan of Little Drummer Boy. Well, it's weird. That it's a strange song. Yeah, bringing drums to the yeah to the Christ Child's birth. Yeah, it's just very. Hey, you know what? I know he'd love. Let me bang on this drum for you. Yeah. Hey, you've had a long journey. And then the newborn smiled at me. Yeah. It's like, no, he, that was gas. You know, Could be. Uh, and the idea that, like, I don't know, I had no gift to bring, but I can play my drums. It's kind of self-serving in a way, because well, you're like, well... Uh, Johnny, I'm, I am a poor boy, too. Like, I'm not trying to defend it, but that's what Oh, there said. is that. I'm yeah, a poor he's, boy, too. He's, he's, he's empathizing with There the, is something to that. I like that. But, that's true. Uh, that's good. Yeah, that one bugs me a little bit. Um... The whole uh, said the little lamb to the shepherd boy. Like right. I'm like, okay, now we're just just right. talking animals. You had a stuff. cup of cheer if you heard that. <laughs> you like, had many cups of cheer. Remember Tim Hawkins always said, uh, "A child, a child shivers in the cold." Oh, we must bring him silver and gold. <laughs> look, look at that baby shivering. Throw some gold on him. <laughs> oh, he's gonna be loaded. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one's just like they were just rhyming words. 
on yeah. that one. It's great. And it's got a few great lines, but it's like the rest of them. They're just rhyming. Right. Which, yeah. I mean, you know, as a songwriter. And they didn't bring silver, did they? They brought gold. Correct. They didn't even bring it. It's gold, frankincense, and Frankincense and gold. <laughs> that was the original. <laughs> Let's bring him silver and gold. I thought of that exact thing that I was like, that's not even. Yeah. It's, it's well, well they might even, have had silver in there. We don't know. It's not even biblically accurate. Look, if you're talking about biblically accurate songs, and the worship team and I go back and forth about this all the time. Yeah. There are a few things. Remember the old song, Days of Elijah? Uh, yeah, I think so. Like people freaked out about that song. That is my least favorite worship song of all time. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you why, Johnny, because theologically it is all over the place. It's kind of like, again, we just picked out all the characters in the Bible. We could, yeah, these are the days of Jehoshaphat. Like they just, any character right. they could find. First of all, these aren't the days of Elijah. They're not. Because when he lived was those the days were of the his, days those of were the days or the of days of John the Baptist the might of, be theologically like sands to the hourglass these are the days, days of, of Elijah. Elijah. <laughs> uh, do you remember? <laughs> have we ever told the story about when we made our second uh, CD that the producer was trying to get us? We were trying to change our name because we realized our name was pretty much taken. Right, not the band name, our personal names. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I, "I'm a notary. I'll help." <laughs> No, he was trying to pitch Christian rock band names. So this is Christian rock. So it's, you know, everything's got to have like a hook to it or kind of a seven day Jesus. Everything was like very. It was right before the numbers really took off. Yeah. So he goes, uh, what about this? (laughs) Ark Eden. And we go. Okay. You go. So tell me, give me the meaning. He goes, you know, like in the Bible, there's the ark. And then there's Eden. Eden. <laughs> you put them together. <laughs> God's honest truth, his explanation. Mark was, Eden. I was like, this guy. This is the. We did not choose that name. Like, I can't. I mean, we were Ark Eden 2020. No, we, we threw a number on I'm it. I'm not too. even sure you could call it theologically shallow. Like, there was no water. Like, there was no. not even. Sh- it didn't splash on your shoe. It wasn't shoe. a lot of thought. It was just like smash two, two Bible words, words together. together. Mm-hmm. I wonder what else we could do. Two Bible words to just make a name. Uh, shepherd spirit. Shepherd. You know, you just, <laughs> You're just like, oh, that's interesting. What is that? Was there like a sentimental value to that? You know, in the Bible. You know, there's like the shepherds and then there's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, So we went with that. Remember, I always wanted to call us floating axe heads. Oh, from the, that's the story from Judges, right? It's, yeah. Uh, no, that's an Elijah story. Oh, it's a, Elisha. the days of Elisha. Yeah. <laughs> it's where he's, they're building the, yeah. it's not a temple per se, but it's right. some, and, and he, the ax head falls off and he goes, alas, my father, it was borrowed, which father is Lord, you know, and he tells him to cut a stick off and throw it in the water. It sounds like British people would be playing the Bible characters <laughs> who are clearly Middle Eastern, but they'd be like, alas, my child. <laughs> I just remember it for a new that king. That floated. I like this I just I, I read it New King James sure. growing up, so okay. that's yeah. So anyway, but uh, yeah, so the axe head floats, and yeah. that's how it's like a miracle. It's like our our Christian metal band, floating axe heads. It does. It sounds a lot heavier than we actually were, oh, though. That We're was like why we jangling acoustics. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you are my God, floating axe heads. Yeah, very, uh, speaking of, yeah. I, I found um, well, I've had a lot of videos digitized old videos. Right. And People are doing that now. Put them on YouTube. I found lots of old Scarlet Thread footage oh, that I'll no. have to pass your way when it gets on YouTube. Uh, I don't even know if I want to see it. I found all campus worship at the UT, at UT presidential courtyard. Which Okay, I remember that. That was a big deal for us. Yeah, we were on the truck. The truck that the church we're in the, We're in the big square and the big... Uh, no, we weren't in the truck. Sorry, we were on a stage. It was yeah. a stage. 
and uh, just uh, as people randomly uh, walked by. Well, there was a lot of people that stayed. But... So we had done two other events we called Rock Dog. Yeah. Remember this? Yeah, I did, of course. Remember Rock Dog. <laughs> we gave out free hot dogs mm-hmm. at our, the and campus we ministry. we gave away free rock. And we, so they'd play, and we give them hot dogs, and that was it. Rock Dog. So uh, No hot dogs were launched at us during our performance. <laughs> or hurt mi- in the making miracle. of the... <laughs> the floating hot dog. It would have been and, that miracle. It was a huge courtyard. It was That was very much like a... Like a, a passerby audience in a yeah. bad way. It's like people a transient buy, audience. They would if you eat will. a free hot dog, stare at you for a second, and disdain and walk off. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. We had a, we had a lot of shows like that because we'd go on some like <laughs> yeah. they bring us along as like a missions team almost. Uh-huh. So it's like we're going to set up in this neighborhood where no one knows we're coming, and yeah. where culturally your music doesn't at all reach them. But you just go ahead and rock, you know. And, yeah. so it's like, and I appreciate it because we were excited to play. The one I remember the most is Pickwick Dam, Savannah, Tennessee, which I did not know was a place. But Savannah, Tennessee is a t- tiny town in the corner of the state. Yeah. Pa- basically Mississippi, almost Mississippi. Yeah. Pickwick Dam kind of separates Tennessee from Mississippi, I think, right? And it, on the other side is Mississippi. It's like a five-minute drive. As much as I'm up on my Mississippi geography. Okay, so, but, but I'm just saying it's a swampy area. Okay. So we're there, and we get up that morning. We stay the night, and then they go, we're ready. It's a big outreach. We're going to Pickwick State Park. And I remember him saying, "It's they." I just found out it's going to be the hottest day of the year. Oh, yeah. 108 degrees, yeah. basically. So we set up in this little ministry truck that the, the side of it folds in. And then we put winches underneath it, or stands underneath it to hold yeah. that so it becomes a stage. And we set up in that truck, and we melted. I mean, oh I was probably gosh. 280 then. We're melting in the sun. And I remember, too, that mayflies were in season. Yes. They look like mosquitoes, but they're not. They don't bite, but they just hang on you. Yeah. So they swarm you, and they just hang on I had mayflies on my guitar. They're attracted to the vibrations, I think. Yeah. And they're just hanging off me and my sweaty frame and just like... Uh. And like 12 people are walking by, and, and then I think they were handing out, literally handing out tracks. It was that kind of a thing. This is how yeah. long ago it was. People were still doing that. Like, here, you throw this away. And, uh, and <laughs> I just remember thinking, like, this is, and I guess we thought, we probably thought, well, this is ministry. We thought we were doing good. And we I mean, were. we were fine. Yeah. Our hearts were in it, but it wasn't like we were just like, we'll be famous and rich from this. We, we had good hearts, but it just, you, like you said, you put your mind to something, and then you're like, how can we really reach people? And then you, you swing and miss sometimes when sure. you're doing that. Well, we were young and, um, you know, it was a chance to do, I, th- I think when you're young, especially your idea of helping others still revolves around you, Yeah, you know, of what you want to do. And, um, and I think that, you know, again, whether or not that was the best location, I don't know. There was a lot of times, like All Campus Worship was a great example. We yeah. actually coordinated with a lot of the other uh, campus ministries. And that night, like a thousand people showed up. It was amazing. Yeah, that the was, news came. Yeah, it was, I found footage. I have that news no story. Way, yes, really? it's, somehow it's on this video. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we couldn't believe that. Yeah, it was like we had a great sound system. I forget how we had that. Was it ours? And I don't think so. I don't so. think so. Someone said must have provided it. And like all the campus, like we had like a, like a thousand kids out there, and we did worship all night. It was great. Um, yeah. Man, that's was yeah. I, but most of our things, shows did not end that way. That's what I was going to say. Is like, I've, even if even that, like, it's preserved in my mind a certain way. So if I watch a video of it, I'm like, oh, okay. It's like whenever I have a show, I find that it's never quite the same as I remember it, like a comedy show. Yeah. Like it's why it's important to watch yourself and film yourself because like you don't, you have a skewed view of how it went down. 
You're like, well, everybody laughed. Good deal. And then you watch it and you're like, oh, man, that's really, oh, why am I touching my face every five <laughs> seconds? You need to kind of find the the thing that you could fix. And once it's been 20 years, which it has, I can't fix it now. So it would probably just really bother me. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Hit oh, the notes. I, I feel that way every time I hear myself sing, even to this day. But that's just part of you life. You sang this Sunday, and you guys sounded good. You know what? The in band. Church. No, y'all were all good. Everything was good. Band sounded really good. It was a really good mix. Dane did a great job on the mix. Dude, Logan, our guitar player, is just he's great. He's so good, so good. Uh, he's been with you guys for a while, and he's gotten so. I mean, he was always good, and now it's like he's another level. Yeah, he's he's. Uh, I don't think I could play for y'all now. You used to say like, "You want to sit in with us," and now I would be so intimidated to do it now. No, I'd be come so on. rusty. Yeah, come on. He's noodling around. He's great. Uh, he yeah. We're doing a Lincoln Brewster version of uh, Joy to the World this next Sunday. Okay, and it's very. A lot of runs and stuff. A lot of runs and licks. And we have like a whole band lick breakdown in the middle of it. It's like a dun da 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 dun dun da da dun It's like this really cool... Okay. Uh, we played it last year. Clarinet solo. I'm going... Listen, I have a harmonica sometimes. I'll put it in my pocket if I know, mm. we're, in the, if I know we're in that key that day. And I keep waiting in the middle of practice to oh, like just great. break it out while they're not watching and just right in their ears in the microphone, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple songs that could do that. They're, they got a little... What was the one? There's some worship song where I can do a country because I can sing country a little bit. Yeah, because country is singing for bad singers. You know what I'm saying? So it's like a oh man, you just offended so, half of our listeners. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I have some really great singers in country. There's supposed to say that that we made rock music for people that couldn't sing very well. Then we made rap music for people that couldn't sing at all. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like we're going the other way. Country, like there's some great singers in country, and then yeah. there's some singers that are. I don't. I don't get it. And even you go talk, back. Sing. If you want to go really historical, I could really offend a lot of people. No oh, man. Uh, I just like Merle Haggard. I don't think he could sing. No, that but I'll, here's the thing, and I've talked about this in my show now. I like 1970s country because it was written by ugly people. Like they have <laughs> stories. You know what I'm saying? Like people are too pretty now to come up with great music. I think if you, you've seen some things, like Merle Haggard looked like he'd walked five miles on his face. The man's name that, was Haggard. That dude saw some stuff. Yeah. George Jones said he stopped loving her today. You were like, he did. And he probably stopped showering today. <laughs> you know, like he saw, what is, what pain has Keith Urban experienced? Okay. Getting burned with his straightening iron. No, get out of here. He's too pretty. That's great. He's not experienced pain. Yeah. His pain is, I got to pick which one of these hundred songs I'm going to make famous. Yeah. Some writer out there who is ugly, by the way. Guarantee mm. you the guys who write Keith Urban songs are ugly. See, uh, they're going to have to come on the show and... <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. How would they know? How would we, we know? Let's the video. Sir, <laughs> so, would you describe... Well, I got four, uh, four toes on my left foot. Like, they would have problems. <laughs> that's why I wrote... Standing well, tall that's or right whatever. I yeah. wrote, I missed <laughs> that one toe. Seen, that's right. I've yeah. seen some things. Yeah. No. Um, Willie Nelson. Sure. Again, I just, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not trying. Listen, no. I'm not saying there. Here's Willie, though. Willie, I get it now more than I ever have. I do get it now more than I did. I used like, to Like, there's a commercial. Did you see the Coles commercial? The Colts? Coles. I didn't know. So, Coles has a commercial with this little girl. And she realizes that across from her is from her window is another lady, this older black lady, and they, she starts giving her notes. She says hi with her with her window yeah. on her paper, and then the black lady says hello, and she says what's your name, and they go back and forth. What's your favorite color? And she says green, and then the girl uh, goes to look, and her no, the old lady's note's still there. She's not there anymore, and so the little girl's getting concerned, 
and then it goes. The days go by. Then the note starts to fall off. So the it's raining. You see the note falling off from inside the window. It's been a few days, and she's like concerned. And then Christmas Day comes, and she's down celebrating with her family, and she's kind of like melancholy. Then she looks over at the window, and she runs over the window, and the now the neighbor lady is back, but she's got a hospital bracelet on. Mm-hmm. And then the lady says. Did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? And then the little girl just nods. And I, uh, I wow, yeah, it got me. Just you telling it, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, but the song playing during that is Willie Nelson's version of the Muppet song "Rainbow Connection." Yeah. And there's something about like the soulful, the gritty, like he saw some things. You know what I'm saying? Like there's heart to it. It's like Springsteen. Springsteen is not traditionally a great singer, but when he sang "Streets of Philadelphia" and it's about a guy who has AIDS. That one song of the year, it's like, it's this, there's some there there. You yeah. know what I mean? No, and let me be clear. This, I'm, I'm Why so- do you hate our, sorry, <laughs> the heartlands, <laughs> these treasures of America you I, hate on? No. I'm literally. I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm literally talking about like just, we, we like pure vocalists. You're yeah. right. These guys are singer-songwriters. Right. And, and they're, they're. Not bad. I'm not saying they're awful. Right. I just, I don't know. I'm sorry. I went down a, ro- a hole. I didn't even tell you why I don't like Days of Elijah. I know. Besides all the stuff. Like, yeah. the, when they, the one line says, these are, your, these are the days of your servant David yeah. rebuilding the temple of praise. Who David didn't. Like, it's a huge biblical storyline right. that David wanted to build God's temple, and God told him he could not, that Solomon had yeah. to build it. That's almost like in We Are the World when they say, as God has shown us by turning stones to bread. And you're like, Maybe he they're... didn't. He didn't turn stones to bread. He's... He was tempted by the devil to do that, and right. he rejected the devil in yeah. the desert. You know who sang that line? Willie Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> we came full circle. Oh my goodness! I'm pretty sure that was Willie Nelson line. That's good. Yeah, like and it was not a person up. in the room thought, "Hey, everybody." Many of them who were like Christians. I mean, like <sighs> for for Hollywood elites. I mean, they were they were believers. Like, yeah, Lionel Richie. I mean, I don't know who all they. I mean, uh, at that point, Michael Jackson would have been Jehovah's Witness. So who knows what his Man. what his belief system was or what his versions of the Bible stories were? But yeah, it's like as God has shown us by turning stones to bread. You're like, I was like, I was like, uh, even as like a 12 year old when that came out, I was like, um, I have questions. Uh, I mean, yeah, why not? What an opportunity to get a co-write. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. be the one guy you could have made a billion dollars off of that. So, yeah. I mean, well, there's other stories of him feeding the five thousand. You could use that analogy. You yeah, didn't have to say. Turning- Hey, God is against hunger. We could have we could have showed that in a lot of different uh, ways, by other other than saying, "Hey, remember when the devil asked us to turn stones to bread, and, and we did, did it." it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that's uh, yeah. That's why my mom didn't like that song. Well, she didn't like any secular music. We would, you know, my mom. Well, was, by the very fact you said secular, right? That, that lets you know what that you grew doesn't up exist. In. in that's such a Christian word. Like yeah, we never, secular. No one yeah. in no one in the in like outside of Christianity ever calls music secular. Right, secular versus sacred. Right. Yeah, it's like a way to differentiate. But uh, yeah, she anything that wasn't yeah Christian music was really not. I wouldn't say it wasn't allowed in our home, but I had to sneak it in our home. <laughs> it was. And by the time I got to be a teenager, it was a little bit more. She'd be like, what is this song about? And she would ask me questions about it. Yeah. But yeah, there was a time when it was just like, I remember when We Are the World came out, she was just like, can you believe? She was really upset. And I was like, she kind of has a right to be. I mean, they're trying to help starving people, but it is very like theologically weird that they put that line in there. Well, I remember everybody went out to that song because it was, because again, it sounds like. It says world, we are the world. world right. Yeah. yeah it's, we're uh, not the world. We're in the world, but not of the world. It, not of it. We're on it, but not through it. But that it. doesn't, you know, can't say. 
Yeah, it's a. I don't know. It's a. It's a strange. I remember Prince wasn't invited, and he was deeply offended. He wasn't invited to be a part of the ensemble. He was one of the biggest recording stars in the world when that yeah. all happened. It was like, ever come on, everybody, Bob Dylan, even if you can't really sing, get in here, Cindy Lauper. And then no Prince. And I, and I don't know why it was, what it was about. I think there was like a feud kind of a, between him and Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson and Laurentiu were really like mm. the key machines behind We Are the World. And I remember Saturday Night Live did a thing the next week where it was like Prince doing his own version of We Are the World, it was like, I am also the world. It was like, <laughs> I am also the children. <laughs> I remember thinking it was so funny, even as a kid. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, you know, it's interesting. You know, a lot of the Christian music or Christian radio stations goes completely to Christmas music. Yeah. Like, the day after Thanksgiving, do they? But they don't. They play the the religious no, Christmas music. I think they, they play, play. They all play the, all. They the play silly Burl stuff Lives, too. All of it. Yeah. So they play Santa Claus is coming to town and. Uh, yeah, it's all of it. All of it. Um, I can't get down with that. Well, I no, just, I don't care. I like them all. Um, I I started playing Christmas music very early this year. Like I felt the need. Uh, for this to be a thing, you know, like to, 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 I like the Santa Claus is coming to town with the, the backup singers, the Santa Claus come to town. That's yeah. right. Santa. I like that. That's the one yeah. you get in the, it's got some groove to it, you know? Yeah. Whoever, whoever was the first one to break that song down, they win. I don't know who did it first, but yeah, put that little, that little stop. Yeah. A little rest. Like, Whoa, you bump. can do that to the classics. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, you should you should go watch the uh, Mariah Carey one. She, you know, the 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 television special is very. There's one I heard that her and Ariana Grande at some point harmonized their that's high pitched whatever that uh, octave thing they did the squeal. They're called. Uh, they harmonized it. Oh, they oh, my daughter's gonna kill me. <laughs> they're called uh, something harmonics. Notes. No, there's something notes. I'm sorry. They're my wife is yelling right now. Oh uh, no! So. This is like Ryan Johnson last week when we didn't yeah. remember Ryan Johnson. All the Star Wars people were freaking out because we talk about it all the time. But yes, they did. They harmonized it, and they had uh, Jennifer Hudson. It was a it was okay. a uh, trio. Jennifer Hudson, Ariana Grande, and Mariah Carey. Sheesh. But Mariah Carey doesn't sing. That's the thing. Only towards the end did she really start pushing. Did she ever sound like Mariah Carey? Oh, really? I think she's really ragged her voice. I mean, I can't imagine how you wouldn't. Well, yeah, it's been a lot. Doing all this stuff. But, well, she's not been touring, though. You would think she's rested. But Maybe she's like she's... singing all chest voice. Like it's very. It, and then she started pushing finally towards the end. But a few times only did she like hit what sounded like Mariah Carey. But it's like a different singer. It's still really good. Um, I, thought, I thought it was fine. You've given up on Mariah. No, it's fine. I thought, you know, she did. They, Of course, they saved All I Want for Christmas is You to the end, which that song, by the way, has been rewritten in by a, a hundred different times. That That is the, like, central... In fact, I want you it's and I... It's been rewritten? You mean covered? No, I'm saying, like, the, the like, uh, context or... What's the word I'm looking for here? The genre yeah. of Christmas music has, like, these silos... And a key silo in Christmas music is this idea of, I don't want anything for Christmas right, but you. except for you. And so, like, it's rewritten, or I just want you to come home for Christmas. Yeah. Or I just want... Well, now uh, it's not that. <laughs> now just, it's like a threat. <laughs> I'll be home for Christmas is like a threat now. It's like, don't you dare come you home. You know, Dane's singing it Sunday. Oh, is he really? Yeah, him and uh, Bethany. If only in my... That's the thing about that song. It's like, first of all, you're like, I'll be home. You can count on me. <laughs> And then, then you get to the end. If only. You said we could count on you. What do you mean if only in your dreams? Are you going to be here or not, Chet? 
That's what we were talking about on staff. It actually could be emotional for some people because it's very much like well, for this we year, really no, are going to be home for Christmas. Yeah. You know? Well, that or there are people who can't go be yeah. home because they're afraid to right. make So if their... only my dream works for this now. Like it's a very I guess. Home kind of, you know. But there's, but there's like demands. Please have snow, mistletoe, presents under the tree. It's yeah. like, whoa, Way hey, easy. easy. Why don't you shell out Why don't you bring some of that stuff? No kidding. And the, bring it with you. Oh, only in your dreams. Oh, nice. Loser. We can't count on you. No. It's a li- so I had a moment. First of all, you know, my wife is on the list to get the vaccine first. Wow. Not first of anybody. but Like I mean, the like, first person. She's, she's our Neil Armstrong. <laughs> she's Nell Armstrong. No. <laughs> She is going to, she'll have a strong arm. Okay, you know, I hope, hope so because Neil's arm sore. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. This is really I'm stretching the story. No, but she got a letter from her work uh, that said that she, because she's a, a first line, whatever, healthcare, because she's a, she cares, she's a caregiver for a lady and uh, our, our beautiful friend Tab. And so because she takes care of Tab, she's going to get the shot, two shots, I guess. So she's getting the Pfizer one. I don't know which one it is. I need to find that out. Do they tell you what flavor it is? <laughs> I think the Moderna is one. Can shot. you get the second shot from a different... What if you get the Moderna no, one and then the AstraZeneca? No, they're different. Don't do that. Don't chase your Moderna with a <laughs> Pfizer. Oh, my God. You'll grow a third arm. I told someone this week we could start a black market of this, Like, and we came up on the staff call. We were very productive on our oh, staff Oh, sure. Calls. It sounds like yeah, it. Roy, Just out there doing kingdom work. It was like, listen, because... When you get it, because she'll be one of the first ones, we hope. Like, we need to find a way. I was like, if you could, if you'll get it, I'll give you a thousand dollars for it, and then we'll go just start selling these things. Okay, you know? yeah. And they were like, well, how is she going to do that? Yeah, because they're going to have to administer it. And that's when Roy was like, well, we get like a little like flesh looking pouch. Oh, right. Pouch. Mm-hmm. That, so they inject it. Saves it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she'd be like, ouch, you know. But really, she feels nothing. She says, ouch. And then we take that <laughs> bag and go and anyway. I just wonder, dude, black market. Black market coronavirus vaccine. Interesting. So even though it's free, it's going to be offered to everybody. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll have a hard enough time getting everybody to take it. I, I can't wait to take it. I'm excited to get it. Yeah. I don't care. I'm ready. You know, uh, but I'll, we'll monitor. I'll, I'll uh, monitor Curry's. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. If you go, oh, man, it was rough the first one. I'll tell you. If she had a fever, because I've known some people get a fever for 12 hours or something, yeah. that you just take a couple Tylenol, you're good. But you know, whatever. I get it. Some people are wary of it. My favorite thing is people who are like, I don't know about that. Like, as they chug Red Bull. Right. I don't even know what's in that thing. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. smoking cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, we already take a lot of risk with our health. So I'm not saying we take, again, we talked about this a little bit last week, but I yeah. understand. The, the, well, I get that, you know, it's it's like they said, well, it will be years and then we have it in ready in seven or eight months and people are like, what was the, have we rushed this? But then once I read a bunch of the reports and I saw some of the things about why we were able to yeah. do it so quick, because it's different when you, the whole world is focusing on something like this at once. It does make a little difference. I'm very heartened by it and I'm hoping that uh, everybody will get it. Because I mean, I just am ready to ditch the mask. I think the sooner we all get immunity, the sooner we can get back to like, hey, yeah. I can see your face again. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I heard an epidemiologist say uh, that um, you got to remember that people have been studying coronaviruses for years. So yeah. it, it's not a completely new science. It's just this, they've, they've never seen the strain. Yeah. So some of that, like, and again, I can't speak for what's going to happen. I'm just saying I have a higher level of confidence knowing things like that. Like, okay. Rather than just to let it go alone. Well, we'll just yeah. go it alone without a vaccine. Like, no, I'd rather, I'd rather go ahead and trust the scientists. And I did read those, some of the same research uh, sources you were talking about there that 
the fact that all of the world is focused on it in terms of the medical and the scientific community is a big deal. Like, yeah. like there's a lot that you can move that ball down the field a lot faster because they're sharing. And then, of course, the third factor is that there are, uh, in you know, almost incalculable number of cases to yeah. look at and to try things on. So well, like you don't have honest, to wait for a test. And honestly, if we're going to go on just free market capitalism, there's a lot of money to be made from fixing this problem and a lot of money to save not being lost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when you were looking at economic disaster of letting a virus just ravish us for five years while we develop this thing, yeah. there's a lot of incentive to move on it. And so you got to, that's almost like when capitalism is good. Like when these biopharma companies are like, let's be the ones, yeah. you know, they were all in a race to be the first ones. And now we have three. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard for me because I do want to, that's the thing about history requires time. Yeah. Um, in order to have clear viewpoint of it. So this will be in our history and we won't know, we can't have a full clarity of it at the time it's happening. Yeah. Um, so if we all turn into wolf people, we will have been on the podcast being like, guys, it's safe. Go yeah. take the, what are you being <laughs> stupid saying, for? There, there's a level of risk. That, yeah. and, and there's also risk. I mean, again, I just, my, uh, my brother's half brother was just, 45 years old Mm -hmm. on a ventilator. Then they took him to another hospital and put him on an ECMO machine where they basically take your blood out and treat it and put it back in. It was like a last ditch effort. No, no prior priors. It sounds like he went to jail. (laughs) (laughs) This guy, no priors, (laughs) no preexisting conditions. Yeah. You know, like I'm hearing those kinds of things daily. And then other people, it's just a very, you know, the majority it's, it's it's not that it just seems like it hits. So there's a risk regardless. Then everybody's, weighing that and, and, and I understand it already. And y'all don't want to talk about coronavirus a lot. I'm sure the podcast. Well, I had a great, about. there was amazing. Uh, I listen to sports talk a lot, sports talk radio a lot. And by the way, I, I started realizing this because my wife listens to podcasts a lot. She listens to ours a lot, which is cool. That's, that's yeah. really neat that she actually listened to it and likes it. But she was listening to this podcast the other day and I kind of came in and she had it on her phone like it wasn't in her headphones. And the people were like arguing back and forth and yelling and woo. And it's just like, stepping on each other it was so annoying to me because i was hearing from the next room i couldn't really hear what they were talking about i go can you put your i go play and then i felt like i'm being so stupid like she's listening to her she's enjoying it i'm like knock it off in there with your enjoyment (laughs) so i apologize but it 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 made me realize like i have sports talk radio on in the car and she's like enduring it you know while they talk about why the vikings are going to win the next game but every now and again i'm like she's she knows about sports now. Like she's kind of like, I know Laura's a sports person. Like mm. she knows about the Vols at least. Mm. But the other day we're listening and they're talking about the, the playoff coming up and you got these teams in the big 10 and the pac 12 that didn't play a lot of games. And they're trying to figure out like how they can get in the playoff. Hey, Cincinnati, for instance, five and zero. they're mad because there's teams that have one loss, two losses ahead of them. They're like, what in the world? We and have, they play, yeah. Right. And so Curry goes, she just looks over at me. We're just driving on the way to dinner. And she goes, it doesn't make any sense, though. Yeah, they might be as good, but how can you ever compare apples to apples if they didn't play the right teams? Like, it's not really their fault they didn't play all the games, but you can't also then just put them in the playoff just because. And I was like, I have never been more attracted to you. <laughs> like, she had a sports take. Yeah. And I was like, oh. That's awesome. Yeah. It was like, we pulled over and made out. It was something else. <laughs> We got a ticket, but it was worth it. No, I was, but then one of the things they sell on the show, which I was going to tell you about, this is the best idea. I can't see any holes in the idea. Well, one slight hole, but uh, there's a show called JT the Brick. Mm. You know who JT the Brick is? Mm. Brick at Night's what his show is. Anyway, mm. he's a longtime sports commentator. Very loud, shock jock kind of a guy, but he's all right. 
So he had this idea. So the Super Bowl's coming up. We've had no fans in the stands uh, for a very few games, right? There's been a few cities where they're like, let's do it. And then they're like immediately like, no. And there's cardboard cutouts. It seems like it's going to be a real drag to have a Super Bowl with no fans. Hmm. The vaccine's probably not going to be in full swing by then for everybody. But he goes, we want to honor these first-line defenders, these first-line responders and all this stuff, nurses. And they're getting vaccinated. They're all going to get vaccinated. Let's give free tickets to them. That way the Super Bowl stadium's full. Mm. And they got their ticket. They're going to be so excited to be there. It's a way to honor them. Now we have actual crowd noise in the stand that's a real crowd. And it's not just some rich fat cat that bought the ticket. It's an actual, like, nurse. Mm. I can't see a problem. Can you see a problem with that? Other than, here's the problem. <laughs> the hospitals are empty. Right. The hospitals? <laughs> Nobody's taking care of sick people. But you make sure it's their day off. Like, ever, there's enough nurses, right? Sure. What uh, is it, 40,000 people, 50,000 people in the Super Bowl that we need to fill it? I don't know. Unless you have it at, like, where I don't know where is it, it is. it this year? It's in uh, most Arizona. Of the, most of them are in the 60s, I think. 50 to 60. Right. If it's not Jerry World in Dallas, that's right. 90,000 or whatever, but or 100,000. But anyway... I was like, I can't see a problem with this idea. It's beautiful. Uh, I like it's it. It's perfect. I like it. You, and, and you didn't hear it here first. But no, you but I just, I'm saying it. I want to get the momentum going for it. What do you guys think? What do you think, uh, dear, talk about that, listeners? Yeah, I think it'd be great. Let's write our, I don't know, who do you write? I mean, wouldn't it be amazing to look out there and see like all these people that you knew, like they've yeah. been working 80-hour weeks trying to save our dumb lives? My wife said that she saw tons of videos of frontline workers just weeping as they got of course. the vaccine. I mean, it's been so long. Yeah, that they they've been putting themselves at risk. Yeah, daily, you know, and a lot of them got sick. And, yeah, and, um, so I think it'd be perfect. And yeah. it's, it's it give solves the two Bowl, problems: man. you honor them, you <clears throat> solve the problem of not having a crowd, yep. and you also give this cool, like, great moment to the country. Yep. I don't know. You bring in me, Jennifer Hudson, Mariah Carey, and Johnny to do the halftime show. Dude, I will harmonize my little, like, I whistle. can't do the... They're called whistle notes. Oh, whistle notes. There you go. Wow. Well, that just seems like it's just called what it is. I thought it was going to have some other... No, I just... Sorry. Whistle trickier notes. name. Well, I don't know if I can get there. Uh, I have a... I don't know if I have the range there, but I can get, <laughs> you know... We didn't have any of that at all. I got music. a little rasp that I can hit them with. <laughs> you do. You're raspy. You're way raspy in the old videos. Because, you know, you, oh, sure. we, that was late 90s, early 2000 butt rock. Right? Don't yeah. say we were butt rock, John. We weren't, but we had... We had flavors. We had that in there a little bit. We... Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was you know... That's what you did, right? Yeah. That's, that's what, what we tell ourselves? That's right, that's right. Hey, by the way, we have a question. Oh. Uh, from a listener. Okay. So, a uh, listener sent us an email and said... And this, it is going to be... This is a... I was going to read it. Because you don't know what this is. I was wondering if you could talk about the news that Matthew McConaughey recently became a Christian. Uh, do you think his faith is real? Because it seems he doesn't talk about when he prayed to receive Christ. Seems fishy, possibly. He claims to be a Christian, but didn't mention anything about praying to receive Christ. Could you talk about other celebrities who claim the same things as McConaughey? Would you be willing to discuss this sometime on your podcast? So I think that that's a, that's a fair question that a lot, and you and I were talking about this a little bit at lunch today, unrelated to this question. And that is this, we see it in conservatism, I think we also see it in Christianity, uh, like this idea of of who's a real one, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and, and so I mean, I'm not, I think out of the gate, within evangelicalism, in the, especially the way you and I were brought up, man, the moment of conversion is like the key. It's the key, not only experience, it's the key metric for how churches evaluate mm-hmm. and denominations evaluate their effectiveness. 
is by the moment of conversion, whether it's the raising of a hand for some, it's the moment at baptism, all those things. Um, when we were both ordained in, in a denomination, I mean, our church had to fill out annually these these reports. Right. How many did this? How many did this? How many did this? And I don't think there's anything wrong, like, in theory with just that idea. And I rejoice with conversions are important. Um, but I, I think scripturally to answer this question, there's two places to go. One, let's go theological, and you can chime in, Johnny, anytime. On okay. This. So, like, theologically, biblically, you know, what made someone a Christian? Like, that's, that's a real key question, I think, that we, as modern Christians, who kind of see this, like, as a, almost as a transaction, like, I can point to the moment it happened, and here's my receipt, I'm a Christian, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that that's mostly true. You know, Paul had a moment of conversion, but we don't have a record of Paul, like, the, the moment he said, Jesus, come into my heart. We don't have that prayer right. in Scripture. We have him being blinded uh, and obeying. Like he found his way to to, yeah. to, to the city, you know. Um, you look at the disciples, we don't have a record. Like Jesus mm-hmm. said, come and follow me. He did some miracles right. Their following was their receipt. Right? right. So there was like this moment of, and certainly there, now you have when Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Mm-hmm. And that was, that confession was of course you could make the argument that the disciples weren't true believers i don't believe that but that argument can be made until jesus was resurrected uh, yeah in terms of the way we see christians yeah i don't know a ton about mcconaughey's uh, personal story i know a lot of people would say like some some of the movies and choices that he made would disqualify him because he's on the movie screens cursing or right. having premarital sex or whatever his characters are doing and that would disqualify then some people would be like well he gave a speech at the Oscars and he mentioned God and he so he's good in my book it's good to have another Christian in Hollywood so they would go with that yeah uh, I know he's I think he's known to be very philanthropic I know that about him uh, he seems like a pretty level headed guy I know he's very um, you know he's a Texas guy he's very so he's he's kind of He's probably conservative by Hollywood standards. I think he's in some hot water this week because he talked about the illiberal left. He was saying, like, there's liberals and then there's the illiberals who are being illogical. They're basically they're pulling it, they're basically sending people running to the arms of Donald Trump by being so crazy left. Yeah. And he was like, the most of the country is in the middle. And we just want people to be logical and we want people to make sense. And when you because he was saying that people who say if you voted for Trump, that you're an unspeakable monster. He's like, that's not that's not how we unify people when you just say us versus them. And you can't ever see where they're coming from. And then he got in hot water and had to clarify some of his statements. So I think that's one of the reasons that probably question is even there is that he's kind of having to he's in the news now. But from what I've said, I know he just wrote a book. It's called Green Lights, I want to say. Yeah. I've heard it's actually amazing. And it's got a lot of his kind of his life model. He's a very introspective, thoughtful person. Yeah. As the Lincoln commercials. Right. Exactly. He sits in his Lincoln and just kind of just (laughs) ponders life. Ice fishes, whatever. That's right. Whatever he has to do. Out of his Lincoln. Yeah. From the hatch. He just sits in the hatch and just hmm, thinks about life. Thinks to himself. But uh, I don't know. I, it's it's so weird to like that idea of what what our expectations are of super famous people. Like I've thought that about Denzel. Denzel's had some public uh, proclamations of his faith in God yeah. in the media before, and uh, somebody else could be like, "Yeah, but I saw Training Day, and right. he was a complete lunatic." And I'm not 
he's a, you know, there's no way that guy's a Christian. Uh, I just, it's hard, man. I, that whole thing about work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I mean, I think that's for real to me. It's like, if I have to go around figuring out who else is, I, there was a time in my life when it was a huge deal for me to go figure out who I could figure out wasn't as saved as me, but it's just not my thing anymore. Yeah. I think it's a, it'd be easy for me to, because I completely agree with you. I also understand because we were there a lot of our lives, um, like the the desire to see the fruit of someone's life and then reverse engineer the conclusion mm-hmm. of whether or not they're a quote unquote. I think this is where the this is where we are, and this is where the danger lies a little bit. I'm putting air quotes out right now. Like who's the real Christian? Yeah, kind of like who's the real conservative now, or who's the real liberal? And like when when there's delineations within it. Yeah, I do think that we get, you know, into dangerous waters. Now, that being said, there is orthodoxy within all ideology, mm-hmm. okay, whether it's religious or not, and there's there's validity to that orthodoxy. That this is why the early church spent so much time battling against heresies. So, you know, they were saying we, we we're not going to allow you. So, if 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 the um, Someone comes out in one of the early heresies and says, well, Jesus wasn't really God. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a created being and right. not an uncreated one. Well, yeah. I mean, that that was dangerous to the theology that was already fully established. And it was the opposite of what Jesus had said about himself. So what do you do? Do you just be like, well, we all, yeah. we're just going to let them, they're Christians too, because yeah. they want to serve Jesus. And so they felt this need to call out the heresies. Now, that being said, today what we have, and you see a lot of these guys on um on Twitter, though, even in their in their description, they will say or in their bios, like they consider themselves the watchdogs. Oh, right. You know, there's this watchdog movement now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see a lot of of. I don't see that as the same thing as the church. You know, the the church leadership because we don't have that per se one church leadership anymore. Um, holding heresies accountable versus watchdogs trying to figure out who out there right. is because you're setting yeah some of all the watchdog people are setting themselves as a standard and saying if you vary from my standard right that's almost like tribalism i'm looking for matthew mcconaughey to back up my belief system by seeing how he aligns with me almost and, and what the deal is there's it's i, I just want to be careful it is of <laughs> same okay another great example is kanye you know my daughter asked me about kanye and i think kids especially in 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 Christian culture often. Do you yeah. think Kanye's really a Christian? Right, right. I'll get that question sometimes from kids. Do you think that, do you think Kanye's really a Christian? And I'm just like, what do you mean? Like, that's a really important question if you're going to ask it to understand, you know, and, and you know, what, what do you mean? Well, uh, he's, he's married to a Kardashian. I've heard that one. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, okay. Like, I think if you begin to really dial back, it's important. All these are important questions. Like, what is it that we think makes that real? Um, for me, I spent my whole life. I don't think Christians really ask that question because they think they already have it answered. Like he should, once he accepted Christ, he should immediately divorce Kim because that would be uh, more holy. <laughs> right. I, <laughs> I got to let you go, girl. Like, you know, when again, it's just, it's just, but the deal is, there's no doubt. What they're saying is, is these, these cultures yeah. These statements being made either in music or television or movies or by, you know, these don't seem to align mm-hmm. with Christian culture, to which I would say, and I'm going to be very careful here, a lot 
a lot of conservatism, political conservatism in the last five years right. that claims to defend Christianity does not align with Christianity. Correct. Like, I mean, that's, I, I think, I don't know anybody who'd really dispute that. Um, mm-hmm. They would not like that I said it. Right. But there's a lot of it that doesn't. And I'm not, this is not a, what about the liberals? Like if, if I'm saying just it alone as a conservative speaking to conservative issues, I'm not really addressing all the others. I'm just saying we already accept that, that somebody can act like, can, can say things that don't seemingly align with what we expect Christians right. to they say. They can make terrible life choices, et cetera. And we're and we'll like, still be like, yeah, but he's got a good heart or whatever. We'll defend. Or as long as the political viewpoint or position right. helps, you know, what it is that we believe in. Mm-hmm. So I think we would have to ask, and I ask that question of all, if I could ask that question, especially by, <laughs> in my house, I'll be like, well, what makes you a Christian? Right. Well, what makes daddy a Christian? These are important questions. And if you say, because, because you're a pastor, nah, that's not it. Is it because well, you want to do good things? Nah, that's not it. You, you listen to this kind of music, like, you know, you start going down. I'm not saying these come, but over the years in youth ministry, this has come up a lot. Mm-hmm. And I just think, I remember the story of the guy. It's just like, Jesus has not even gone to the cross yet. And there was a guy who was out preaching the gospel and healing people. Remember this? Mm-hmm. And the disciples got super offended and they told him to stop. Mm-hmm. They literally told him to stop. And Jesus rebuked them for it. And he said, listen, anyone who is not uh, f- against us is, is for us in this. Like, but I think what he was trying to say is, hey, anyone who wants this, I, I'm, I want it for them worse than you do. Yeah. And that's the thing I have to tell that myself even over the years is like I told Sadie the other night, like, Sadie – when you were born, because we saw, again, we're looking through old videos. When you were born, like, you you just cried. That's all you had to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't, you know, I was there. And if you don't think I was not watching every second that they carried her, or I got to carry her on the elevator to the nursery. And you were there, by the way, outside the window. I saw in the video. You were there. You were this scarecrow. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and, like... Everything about my life was protecting, advocating, asking questions, nurturing my family at that point, and specifically the baby who did not know. I said, you know, I told her, I was like, honey, you're still just a 12-year-old baby in God's eyes, and I'm just a 41-year-old baby in God's eyes. Yeah. Like, I'm still being protected and loved and nurtured on that level. Like it hasn't gone away because I'm older human wise right. and this drop of bucket in the eternity. Yeah, yeah. So like his mercy for me is greater than my mercy for a newborn. Yeah, and I guess I have a little more now that I'm older and I've been a believer long as I have, I think I have a little more grace for that too. Like when I used to see somebody in Hollywood, I would have way bigger expectations of them or somebody given a platform like Bono, for instance. Yeah. He's given this great platform to share his faith and if he whatever if he missteps or whatever he says something publicly or he's seen at some crazy party i'd be like oh so disappointed now i'm like you know i just have more grace for that person i'm like i can't imagine the pressure on that and then i think about it's almost like the old analogy we've said before about falling up the escalator you know you're you're, you're falling down an up escalator right i mean i feel like that's what we're all doing it's just like when somebody's in the public eye doing it i just go man that's got to be hard 
I wouldn't think like, oh, they've got so much easier. All he's got to do is proclaim God from the mountaintops every day, every minute of every day. And he doesn't do it. So he's let us all down. I'm just like, man, I don't know. I don't know enough about that guy's life to really render a judgment. Yeah. Well, Stephen Colbert claims to be a strong Christian. that His faith is very important. Dude, I've, I've seen him, him, I've I've seen him, him talk. Oh, yeah, dude. I've seen him share before. Uh, one time somebody was like on there who was a pronounced, you know, agnostic atheist. And they were talking about how the gospels are one of the clear delineation, the clear evidences of contradiction in the Bible. And he was just like, he just sat there and let this guy say all this. And then he goes, no, no, no. He goes, it's like if we go to a party and, you know, we're together with three other guys, we're all going to have different things that we tell about that party. He goes, that's the gospels. And like he, the way he said it was just way more eloquent than that. And then the crowd kind of was just like dumbfounded by it. And then they all just started clapping. And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. he didn't back down. He wasn't like, well, I can't lose the ratings here if I really defend my faith here. I mean, this guy teaches Sunday school, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Colbert. And that's a guy who somebody would say it's a lefty lunatic or whatever. But again, his faith's very important to him. He's a, a devout Catholic. And uh, we might differ on some ideas, but it's like, I don't know. I just don't have the heart to, I don't have the time to sit around thinking that stuff anymore. Maybe I just. Well, again, I think the key is it is how do you view God and how do you think God views you? Mm-hmm. There's one thing in my recovery that always comes back to it's that, and that's where I'm broken most. I'm most broken in the place of. Yeah. Me. Do you think God's for you and he's Correct. rooting for your success? Or do you think God's like. Yeah. When yeah. I, when I'm, when I'm not who I know I should be, which is pretty much daily, especially mm-hmm. right now. When I when I feel undisciplined, then I naturally still feel a distance that scripturally doesn't exist. Yeah, that I'm still just his child. I'm not saying he doesn't punish. I'm not saying he doesn't hold accountable. I'm not saying he doesn't discipline. I'm not saying that what you do doesn't matter. Like I got to get all the extremes out of the way. But if the Christianity that we espouse doesn't have this radical love of the Father this radical love that it is it, we get exactly what we have today mm-hmm. number one it's not attractional to the world because they're not seeing it affect us we're, we're literally just still kind of up and down on the the good deeds or bad deeds of the people we're kind of just making it's the george carlin everybody drives faster than us is an maniac everyone drives slower than us is an idiot and that's kind of what we become now everyone who we pick and choose and, and again the early 20th century for a lot of people, it's alcohol. Everyone who drinks alcohol is, couldn't be a Christian. You know, that's prohibition and, and all these things. And then it became, you know, for a lot in the 50s, you know, well, I don't have ghosts in the movie theater. Is that, I mean, mm-hmm. like you, you. The dance you, halls and the. Yeah, yeah. You begin to pick out things when within each of those, there's wisdom. There's biblical wisdom. And there's certainly things that are right and wrong. Um, so I think, again, if I'm a, con- I am a conservative, if I'm someone listening to this who's really like struggling with this issue, the question I'd be screaming at, at my radio would be like, hey, um, what about life and death issues, black and white issues? And you have those. The only reason that you voted type issues, you mm-hmm. know, that and, and I would say to that, yes, and like, yes, we can have that conviction and yes, it could be right. And the judgment of all those things is certainly not in our hands. And that is the best news. So Paul would tell you, live by those convictions. That's fine. Live by those convictions. But the law of love is a greater law than your law of conviction. And the law of love says that I, 
I approach, in fact, let your gentleness be known to all, to all men is what it says. But if you really break it down, the amplified, I'm sorry, I'm not going to, I'm doing this from memory. So, but it's, it, the words for gentleness are tolerance, reasonableness. Like there's, there's this, it's not just act gentle. Mm-hmm. It is a reasonable tolerance of, of lots of things within the body. And within that, I can call something right and wrong, but I can do it in a way that edifies. Even if we disagree, I should always let, when it says, let no corrupt communication proceed from your mouth, which is, by the way, the verses for you and I and Christian school kids and Sunday school kids, all that ever meant was what? Cussing, yeah. Don't cuss. If you keep reading that verse, do not let any corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only what is good for the edification of others. Like the idea is not just the absence of that negative, but the presence of you're supposed to only speak what is uplifting, not as a cheerleader, but the gospel is that uplifting place and the gospel calls for correction. It, it, it makes room for all that. We just don't have it. So I would say this about Matthew McConaughey. I will say this just like any other believer. One, Jesus wants him to be a believer. Two, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, Romans 10, 9, and 10. Like, that confession to the media is a confession. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you know, whether or not he references the moment of it, I'd say, hey, I know why we want that moment. I have a feeling he wouldn't make that confession without that moment. But acknowledging that moment versus acknowledging Christ, I think we got to, it's okay to delineate between the two. Uh, I would say, uh, three, He's not going to bear the fruits as God wants him to, just like you won't and I won't, if he doesn't live in this real Christ-centered community with others where he does get admonishment, correction, and encouragement, and training, and all those things. That is true carte blanche for all believers, and there's a lot of non-celebrity believers today who are living, uh, again, in in a shallow Ark Eden place, if you will, Mm. you know, where... They're, I'm not. I, I'm not here to judge there whether they're believers or not. I know that Jesus loves his babies. I'm aware of that, regardless of how everybody else feels about it. I think his grace is is, is deeper. He literally died so that people would not perish. So that's that's pretty important to him. Uh, and that I'm glad he gets the final say in all those things. I, I can relinquish control of that question. I don't need it anymore because it doesn't bear any fruit in me anyway. But. I will say everybody needs his ways because they're the best ways. Like they lead to the right life that you want. So yeah, if Matthew McConaughey goes and lives in isolation and all those things, I'm not saying whether he's going to heaven or not. <laughs> I could just say he won't he won't experience or he will experience a fullness of life on earth that reflects the goodness of God and his gospel to others depending on what he does with that, just like we all do. But it's still not a matter of whether he's – he was never good enough and he was never too bad to have it like neither one of those things were ever true i don't think the question asked that i'm just being explicitly over communicative about all those things because i think those are the, the key to it i think we can derive a lot from those commercials about whether he isolates is there anyone ever else in those commercials john oh my goodness he's by himself in that lincoln just like so many of us <sighs> talking to himself creepy wow his inner voice mm. self-doubt etc mm. mm. Isn't he playing pool one time? Oh. In the Lincoln? No. That's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a big one. It's a gigantic. <laughs> the new navigators are big. <laughs> hey, thank you for the question, though. We really appreciate it. And um, hopefully that helps give... Uh, hopefully Matthew McConaughey heard it, because I think we... Yeah. What's your, what is your favorite Matthew McConaughey movie? That's the real question. You know, he's one of those... Oh, boy. <sighs> he's one of those what? You don't like his movies? 
This is awkward after I just talked about it all. <laughs> I'm not uh, saying I don't like his movies. He, oh, man. He comes off as the what's up stud kind of guy for me a little too much in the movies. Um, kind of like a real, I don't know. That's he kind of reminds me of you. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's he's a uh, you know what if I had one my favorite one my favorite Matthew don't you McConaughey, think Matthew McConaughey would be a cool guy to hang out with I do though? he seems like a kind of guy that just be like to have at your cookout just what's the one what's, how to lose a guy in 10 days okay I can tell you something I think it's a brilliant movie do you I do that's the one I think is kind of silly. All no. those romantic comedy, but Johnny Kate Hudson-y. It's it's all about premise, man. That's I a guess. that's a that's a great premise that they both are trying to do something in ten days. They don't know it. Someone what's set the, them against each other. What's the Grisham uh, movie that kind of made him a star? Uh, Time to Kill. I don't think I ever saw Time to Kill. Yeah, he was kind of the lawyer, the hothead Southern lawyer. Okay, was that the one with the Alec Baldwin? Mm, no, that's of Mississippi. Ghost of Mississippi. Ghost, yeah. Uh, this one had James Woods in it also, though. So he was in Ghost of Mississippi as well, I think. So, yeah. Was he a racist all, in this other yeah, one? Yeah, James Woods is always a racist. Wow. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I liked uh, Fool's Gold. That was kind of a cool movie. Oh, I never saw that one. That was with, uh, what's, uh, Kate Hudson. Kate Wasn't she in both of them? I think yeah, they, yeah, thing, okay. they teamed up again. You know, it's kind of like old Tom Hanks and uh, Meg Ryan used to team up a lot. Interesting. Yeah, yeah they did. They did a few movies together. Yeah. Now, no more. No, oh, Meg, we haven't seen Meg Ryan. She, mm-mm. in a while. She, she got was, out. I think she, she just wanted to raise her kids and get on with herself, maybe. I don't know. I mean, hey. She got out. See previous uh, episode about pay me my 2.5. Right, and you'll go away. I'll go raise my children. Pay your buyout. So. What would your buyout here be at this job, John? Do you think your church buyout? Here? Yeah. <laughs> Until you're like, I think I want to just write books that were like, all right, well, oh. as per your contract. Yeah, well, I wish like I would have made one of those contract things. $12.52. <laughs> Listen, the day I came on this job, uh, instead of signing a contract, yeah. I walked up to a construction site, mm-hmm. and they had a little ceremony, and they handed me a hard hat that said F2 on it. Mm-hmm. And Roy had a hard hat that said F1, Flunky right. 1, Flunky 2. Yeah, And I took a hammer and started knocking forms off of concrete uh, retaining wall. And that's what I did for the next two years. You Not are, just that. But. You are the hey dude, what's up guy. See what I'm saying? <laughs> You're McConaughey. That's a McConaughey plot. But I'm saying there was no contract. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I told Andrew yesterday, he laughed. He's like, I think, I think, don't tell anybody, I think we might be in by Christmas. Yeah. And it was the next Christmas. The next Christmas. <laughs> so we were laughing yesterday, but as long as you don't specify what year well, it is, like you when, can always tell the truth. Well, it's like when Trump said we'd be back in church by Easter. He just didn't say which year. Which Easter. Come on, man. Jesus is coming back in did October. Trump really, did Trump really lie? I don't know. We'll see you next week on... <laughs> <laughs> Everything changed. Listen, don't make guarantees. That's what I'm saying. History requires time. That's profound. Oh, that's beautiful. If you want to really be on the right side Comedy of history... Comedy is tragedy plus time. That's what I've always heard. Comedy is tragedy plus time. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Mm, equals. Is there a... I don't know. Tragedy plus <laughs> natural time Natural equals... log of... Yeah. Yeah. So... Hey, well, send us more of your questions, though. That's uh, that was uh, that was fun. Yeah, you're like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I hope like, McConaughey listens. I hope he's gonna. I hope he great. writes in. Maybe it was him. What if he's like? <laughs> let's see if these boys think I'm safe. Listen, I do believe all who want Christ. Christ wants them more. I just think that's a key thing. I and, think Christ and, wants us all to be all right, all right, all right. <laughs> But, yes, I just, I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll keep talking. I do think everyone should be in community as well and growing. So then Jesus makes all the decisions between those things. So, yeah, I think we made that clear. I'm just saying it again for <sighs> more clarity. So, hey, uh, by the way, uh, for all of our Google listeners, um, apparently there was some sort of glitch on uh, a website somewhere. They I thought know. we were canceled, probably. So that You should, can't get rid of us that easy, you Google can, listeners. You can't, Don't guys. even try. So we're sorry. That's now been fixed. It, uh, we just had to, we had to get... Uh, Way to get our specialist, our tech specialist. This Google's just a startup. You know, yeah, so you got to cut them some slack. Yeah. They have problems from time to time. And, bro, Amazon, come on, man. We'll all be going back to mom and pop stores any day now. Somebody had a great meme the other day. It said, there's no good reason why Jeff Bezos can't be Santa Claus. He has all of our Amazon wish lists, all the money, and drones. <laughs> He and really I was does, like, that's a great point. He does see you when you're sleeping. If he wants <laughs> to be Santa Claus, let's do it. Come on, yeah. Bezos. Get okay. out of here. I like it. I like it. Hey, you can go to our website, though. Yeah. It's uh, Amazon.com. <laughs> slash talk about not, that. Not a sponsor. Talk about that podcast.com. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all the archived episodes on there. Patreon mm-hmm. link. If you mm-hmm. want to kick in a few shekels, that would help out. Yeah. And uh, make sure you subscribe. And leave a rating. Help us get the word out. It helps the algorithm so other people can find the show. Yeah. Anything you're looking for in uh, 2021 that you'd like for us to do? Yeah. Maybe have suggestions. Maybe send us what your favorite and least favorite Christmas song is so we can talk about it next week. We don't know. We can be like, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that one. That one. Figgy pudding. What the heck is it? Nobody Mm. knows. Mm. Mm -mm. Figgy pudding. They want you to. They're demanded to bring it now. (laughs) Bring it right here. You know, you know what song I was thinking about the other day? I meant to say it Sunday, and I didn't. If you want joy, you must clap for it. Remember that? No. You don't remember that? The joy of what, the Lord is our strength. What the, cult the, were you the, in? The joy of the same one you were in. The joy of the Lord <laughs> is our strength. The joy of the Lord 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 is our strength. So that that part yeah, was pretty that. easy to remember. Mm-hmm. If you want joy, you must clap for it. You remember that line? No. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm telling you, lots of... I can't believe it, Joe. This is the first time ever in the history of our relationship that we haven't shared. If you want joy, you must clap for it. If you want joy, you must clap. And then if you must joy, you must sing for... Like, had all these things you had okay. to do. I remember the whole, uh, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Again, again, there is an understood... Happy and you know it, stomp your feet. Doom, doom. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're happy and you know it, John... Then your life will surely show it. Oh, yeah. By stomping your feet? I guess. <laughs> it's weird. We're teaching people to like put works in. Like even as kids, we're like, show me. Yeah. Show me you're happy. Yeah. Well, you must clap for <laughs> it. Tell your face. Yeah. <laughs> cut your hair. If you're happy and you know it, cut your hair. That was my Christian school that I grew up in. If you're happy and you know it, remove your tattoo. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So... Hey, I'm thinking about, what if I got a tattoo? Right. I was having a conversation with someone the other day. Well, let me see. Oh, he knows who he is. And we were talking about what life. he knows who he is? Oh, I don't want to say You don't want to say the name? He, may not, want me, he may, may not want me to share. Okay. But I said, we were talking about business and stuff. And I was yeah, like, you yeah. know what my favorite proverb, one of my favorite proverbs is, um, one gives generously yet grows all the richer mm-hmm. while Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Yeah. And my friend says that I've been looking for a tattoo 
verse or something, <laughs> and that's it. I want that one. One one gives generously and grows all the richer, and another withholds what he should give and only suffers one. Proverbs. I'm sorry, I don't remember that. That's a long that. tattoo, though. Yeah, I, you'd, maybe you could just take the I don't know the first what letter. What font are you getting for that thing? It's going to be a <laughs> back piece. Do you remember our friend? We probably talked this. He got his tattoo when we were Numa. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to say his name, Dylan. <laughs> yeah. And he came in to show me. Because we were Newman was our young adult ministry. Right, before, right, right. You know, you went from living room and then Numa, you went on the road Greek and abandoned for spirit, us. right. Yeah, for spirit, breath, you know, mm-hmm, all those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, he he said, I, I got a tattoo. I mean, I'm talking big across his remember. chest. Tell me it didn't say pneumonia. It said, <laughs> it said, P-N, he got the P. Yeah. U-M-A. Oh. It left out the E. Oh. It was like no no regards. It was like Puma. It was yeah. like, and I go, Puma with an N. Dylan, you know there's there's an E in oh, Numa, and no. he had this face, man, like this, like his mouth just kind of, <laughs> kind of it's like, it's okay. Maybe there, maybe that is a, another Greek spelling of Numa that I'm not aware of. True. That he, I don't speak Greek, per se. No. Wait. He, yeah, that's tough. Um, yeah. Wasn't there, who else do we have that had tattoo? That had a, like uh, one of them said, the, "Thy kingdom come" on their back or something. Uh, we had a lot. We had a lot of tattoos. Yeah, I think there was somebody that, but it was like they ran out of room or something happened. Something was wrong by the end of that tattoo. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing I'd be afraid of. It was a big thing to get the Chinese symbols back yeah. in the day. Like oh, this means hope, and you don't know what it means. Right. You've not done the research. Right. It meant tattoo or whatever. It was yeah. like just yeah. yeah. It meant can you believe they're falling for it? Whatever. <laughs> Ugly American. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think you hold off. You're this old now. It's kind of like a grass. Well, that's always in my advice. Look, I've never been against tattoos per se. But people would always ask me, like, Pastor John, you're going to get a tattoo. It's like, look, here's what I say. Mm. If you're 30 and you still want it, something so bad, you, yeah. you, something so important to you, you're willing to put on your, your body for the rest of your life, go for it at 30. Right. And, because by 30, a lot of the hormones will have subsided. You know, right. Like, you can see. But if you do it right now, I'm going to tell you something. You're still. Hopefully, yeah. You don't know that you're going to love new kids on the block that much, <laughs> right? Twenty There's years from chance, now. some things may change, right? That you can't anticipate. As luck would have it, I still love them just as much, <laughs> and I'm here to show you. My, I can't think of one my, new kid. You've song. got the right stuff there tattoo on my ankle. You've got the right stuff. That was not a mm. bad song. It was, it was bad. <laughs> we'll listen. Songs. We'll listen to nineties in the car on trips. You know, and, yeah. and Sadie just. When we get to the she boy cringes. Band. Oh, with yeah. boy band, she really cringes. She oh, even like in sync though, she can handle some of it. Some in sync is pretty good, but with the ballads, I don't dig. But some of the, you know, I think if she knows if Justin Timberlake was involved in some way, that that yeah. brings some credibility to it because he's still you know relevant now. Yeah. Uh, so anything that has you know you can tie two people to Jimmy Fallon or Timberlake or somebody like right. you know there's you know so but now you can't just you know oh, you should know how big this person was back then yeah no that doesn't fly yeah so, so she wouldn't get like the Lance Bass solo project probably not she did get into MC Hammer for a bit though interesting yeah she was listening to a couple of those in her playlist she's very diverse like my daughter listens she, I'm pretty I'm pretty proud like she she has reasons. For like vocally for things that she listens to, she's got a good ear. So. All right, well, I heard her listen to Scarlet Thread the other day. And no, she was no, not. she was not. She's like, what is this butt rock awfulness? <laughs> this Nickelback, get out of here! Oh my goodness, we apologize. Yes, all right. Well, guys, hey, listen, thanks so much for joining us for another uh, week, and hope that you're gearing up for a very merry Christmas and a good time, even if it's uh, virtually with your family. Uh, just be encouraged that uh, we'll all make it through this, Johnny. 
Mm-hmm. And, and this is there's not a new normal. There's no such thing as normal. So this is not it. And life will be different again, and hopefully in better ways. You guys hang in there. We'll see you next week on Talk About. Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.